All right, folks, this show is sponsored by Anchor. A while back, we switched over to Anchor as our hosting platform for Panel to Panel. And to be honest, it's actually been one of the best experiences we've had when it comes to hosting our podcast. A lot of people think making a podcast is super difficult, but Anchor actually allows you to record and edit your podcast all on your phone if that's what you want to do. Anchor even helps you get your podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other places like that. That way you can get your podcast to a wide audience of different people. And the best part about it, it's totally free. So go ahead, check out Anchor.fm, or download the Anchor app on your phone or through the App Store or the Google Play Store and check it out today. Now let's turn the page and get to this week's episode of Panel to Panel. Comics flagship podcast panel to panel where a bunch of folks shoot the breeze and talk about comic books and such we are here semi-live like, like we, we record this then we post it so it's not live but i'd say it's live we are here live talking about all of the latest comic news and nerdy goodness that goes on during the week for you folks and then at the end of the show like as always we recommend some books for this that are coming out this coming week for you to pick up at your local comic book shop because we want to support our local comic book shops my name is james portis to my left we have the hardest welder in all of California, the man who Ooh. now officiates Ooh. weddings and does everything under the sun for you folks. So, Travis Tucker, how you doing today? Uh, not. I, I'm. I'm not trying to like say that I'm the best welder in California. You about to get me messed up. <laughs> 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 but I'm. I'm doing pretty good, man. All right. About to make some food. Hey, man. Food is great. Food is a great thing. I got some chicken parm in the fridge. I'm going to heat it up to the chef. Because um, uh, yesterday was National Pepperoni Pizza Day, and I went to a joint that had light pizza and pasta. It was really freaking good. Um, to my right, we have the woman who is very excited for the Batwoman TV show to come, come out soon. And she is also released a brand new article that you can find on our website. That's a part of our Hailed in the Heroine series about Grace Choi from... DC's Outsiders. Mary, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing all right. I also work painstakingly on our solicitations. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yes, that is very true. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't help it, I couldn't help it, I couldn't help it. <laughs> but no, we're going to go ahead and get into the show for you folks. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at on comics ground and follow the podcast at, on twitter at ptp underscore podcast and you can listen to this podcast on the go wherever you want to go in life whether it be on apple podcast google podcast spotify stitcher uh, we have a few people on spreaker uh, vox all these different uh, web, uh, different websites that in apps that use uh itunes to filter you can listen to us on those services so thank you so much for your support and we are going to dive right into the topics of the evening in terms of marvel news it like uh, in relation to 
the cancellation that we talked about last week, we had some more cancellation news that was announced during Marvel's release of their solicitations for December. Not only was Tony Stark um, Iron Man canceled. Is it Tony Stark colon Iron Man or is it Tony Stark colon Invincible Iron Man? I think it's Tony Stark colon Iron Man. Okay. Well, regardless of whatever the the, the, the 50,000th Iron Man book is called, that has been slated to be canceled. Dan Slott's side project, while he's also trying to write um, Fantastic Four, is now canceled. It will be probably be relaunched in January under a new banner, whether it be written by Slot or a new creative team. Hopefully we get a new Iron Man book soon. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on that? I wasn't reading it. I kind of like fell off once Riri had left the book and I, I, I'm not the biggest Tony fan. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on this being canceled? I mean, it, Marvel just axed a, like a butt ton of titles. So I'm not surprised to see another one go, but I imagine there'll be another Iron Man book to replace it soon enough. Probably. Travis, you got any thoughts on Tony getting the ax once again? Uh, not much than just resonating that, you know, it, it's Iron Man, so I, I doubt he's gone for long, to be completely yeah. honest with you. I mean, like, he's dead in the MCU, but they definitely don't want to kill that brand. <laughs> right. And then the other book that was canceled this week, um, well, that was announced to be canceled this week, in a, in a very rather, I guess, crappy manner, was, we don't know it's really canceled, it's more of like a slash on hold, which is Riri Williams colon Ironheart which was announced on Twitter to be canceled by its writer Eve Ewing. And it all she said in her tweets was that the book is going to be co like coming back in some way, shape, or form after this upcoming event titled Incoming, which we will talk about in a second. But um, I know this topic of writers having, or creators in general, having to come out and say that their books are being canceled is kind of crappy. Like, the situation, like, like you don't even hear it from Marvel themselves. The books are just being outright canceled, and they're leaving it to the creators to deal with. Um, I don't really like this. The same thing happened with Falcon last year. Like, the oh, same thing happened with Future Foundation this past week. Like, w what is up with creator like creators being left to announce their own books cancellation? Ugh. Honestly, like... <sighs> crap out of me i almost feel like it's a way for the publishers to kind of avoid the initial kickback like oh you know they're not going to make this you know sweeping announcement that they've canceled something like future foundation which only has right which only has two issues out right now mm -hmm. so i think it's a way for them to be able to avoid it and you know, the writers have to be the one to tell their readers and then they just shadow cancel the book and, you know, they, their, their hands are basically washed of it kind of a thing. It's kind of gross. Like, the idea of, like, you don't even have faith in your own product to put it out there to the public and then after it doesn't get enough pre-orders, you're just like, oh, it gets the axe. Like, why, like, we even thought it was last week where Mary was wondering why are they even canceling their titles when they don't have that many titles to begin with. And apparently, like, Ironheart was actually doing fairly well when it came to sales. I don't know why it's just randomly getting the axe. I thought Bendis I'm... had rejuvenated that brand. Not, not Bendis. Uh, Ewing had rejuvenated the brand, the brand that Bendis was killing on, on the pyre. I think they're probably going to... They're probably going to roll Riri in with something else, maybe. That would be depressing. 
I'm wondering if they're dubious of her solo sales and want to try and roll another team, something like Champions, but with a revitalized roster. Well, like, isn't Champions getting killed, like, like axed here in a minute, too? It is, and that's what's making me wonder. Ugh, that's, like... Like, and the thing is, if it weren't for this upcoming event and also, like, Annihilation, which was also announced for December, which, why are we having another Annihilation? Like... Do we need to do we need to go up against Annihilus every ten years or every twelve years? Like I don't understand. Like is the negative zone in slash space that much of a problem? I don't. Like, it's I, a way for them to sell the older runs because they keep releasing new sets at higher prices. Uh, that's that's gross. <laughs> like that is though. Like you're, you're basically just saying, hey. It's, it's it's Civil War 2 all over again. We were talking about before the show. Like, the idea of, let like, when we have a brand brand coming out like a movie, let's bring back a title. But then, then again, Annihilation isn't getting a movie. Annihilation isn't even getting, like, a, like, an animated show or a movie either. It's just a thing again for no reason. Like, I don't understand. It makes sense. I, I mean, I, I enjoyed Annihilation for what it was, but I... I definitely understand the fear because Civil War Two was uh, it was bad. Uh, it was oof. It was bad. <laughs> it was it was not the best. So I mean, I I hope for the better, but maybe that's just blind optimism. Maybe. I honest I honestly think they've been in event shock since Civil War Two. Yep. <laughs> Because it seems like every one of their events after the fact has been really mismanaged and really hastily thrown together. Because even War of the Realms, which critically did really well, seemed really hastily thrown together. Yeah, like, we had the whole situation where we went from Civil War 2 to Inhumans vs. X-Men and Monsters Unleashed to then Secret Empire kicked off and Secret Empire was a train wreck and it just kept going and going and going. And it's like we're at the point where we're even past event fatigue. It's going past, like, event suicide, and it's very bad. Like, why are we doing this? I, I don't even... <laughs> and, like, we're at the point where Marvel can't even get a status quo again. Like, this is the one we had when Civil War II was coming out, where Marvel can't even get a status quo for more than six months before the next event is being announced. Like, we know after Incoming, there's another event, because they were teasing it at, um... Uh, San Diego, and it's just, why are we doing this? Why are we burning out creative teams and trying to do all this stuff when we should be trying to, like, create a baseline of books for, for everyone to enjoy? That makes sense. I, It's hard for me to come up with a reason, but I, I get why everyone would be fatigued, because it's, it's almost like they keep throwing rocks in the <laughs> bowl and not letting the water settle, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, hopefully they can get that together. I, I, I do, um, the entire situation with Incoming, this event that's coming up where we, it was announced that it is going to have some sort of um, involvement with Hulkling being given the reins to, like, have to deal with the Kree and Scroll War again, and there's a dead body on a table when the Fantastic Four and the Avengers are around it, and it looks like she it's Hulk. on... It's not gonna be She-Hulk. I'm putting my money now that it's She-Hulk. Why would they kill She-Hulk when they just announced a TV show? Like, that would be such a bad move. Has that ever stopped them? Oof. Oof. I mean, 
But nope. She-Hulk is, is one of the biggest common denominators between the Fantastic Four and the Avengers, and she's not pictured with the Avengers. Isn't she also, like, a center of controversy with her, like, super buff phase? Well, that, uh, that, that's the that's the gatekeeper dudes being, like, assholes saying, Oh, she can't, why can't she? She's sexy. We like her sexy. Like, well, Marvel's reacted to that kind of behavior before. I mean, do you remember what happened to the all-new, all-different initiative? Uh, yeah. We went from the Marvel Legacy one-shot having Jane, Riri, and Sam all going together to stop a crime to then, within a year, um, Jane not being Thor anymore, which was already planned, mind you. Sam being forced not to be Captain America anymore, which is known to be an editorial change. And then Riri being kicked off of Invincible Iron Man and given her own book. And then all of the other diversity ideas just went off the chopping block very quickly. And I'm just like, ugh. ugh. I just like, I think what bugs me with the whole She-Hulk thing is not only do we have a TV show coming out for her, but then the idea of Marvel giving in to the stupidity when, like, Mariko, Mariko Tamaki wrote, wrote this whole run about her dealing with PTSD after Civil War II where she almost died. And then now we're going to go, okay, now she's really dead. Like, I, I, I really hope it's not She-Hulk. Like, like... Like, it could be anybody, like, minus Squirrel Girl, and I wouldn't care. Like, I, I just, because if, if I say Squirrel anybody Girl dies... Anybody minus like, Squirrel Girl? Because, like, <laughs> because if Squirrel Girl dies, then, like, the whole Marvel <laughs> universe will just collapse. Like, I feel as if. Like, Squirrel Girl has become, like, like Deadpool times a thousand, where if you kill Squirrel Girl, the whole universe will just, like, implode on itself. Uh-oh. Like, she freaking um, showed Galactus his trading card and didn't die. Like, she is all-powerful. That's fair. I've I've seen the this the few scans where she beat Thanos while the Watcher was there. And... <laughs> yeah. Her book is so <laughs> off the rail, but I love it. Um, but hopefully, um, Riri is canceled, canceled. I, I hope she can stick around because Eve Ewing was doing some cool shit. Like, took her to Wakanda to meet Shuri. Like, had her starting to, like, build something there. Like, get, like starting to get her own little rose gallery going. It was starting to be really cool. And then it's like, no, it's canceled. Why? We finally got her away from Bendis. Why are you doing this? <laughs> I think I think maybe it's not so much they canceled Ironheart specifically as... Too, but instead they gave Eve Ewing a more air quote prestigious title. Yeah, because like apparently she's she's on the credits as writing for the incoming event, mm -hmm. which is kind of she's cool. she's one of the writers writing the um, big probably fourteen ninety nine one shot with eight thousand variants because you know that's why they keep doing these events. Yeah, because they keep making the damn issues ten ninety nine, and I'm like, you realize no one can keep up with this, right? Like, it's gonna get to a point where they like make it one high to price, and everything's gonna start going down. Like, wasn't it? Wasn't it like a random issue of, of Amazing Spider Man that happened? And then after like, that was nine ninety nine, and then ever since then, Marvel's been pushing the line of every book being nine ninety nine. Well, they did it with um, random issues of Deadpool, too. Like, for no apparent reason. And I'd be working in the store and somebody would bring up Deadpool and I'd ring it up. And they'd get kind of crappy thinking I rang it up wrong until I pointed to the cover and said, no, this is a $10 issue. And so they take it and then they go put it back. 
rough. But it's the variant sales. And I think that's where Marvel's making a decent chunk of money. I know I say this every week, but... But, like, it's the truth, though. Like, every event and every issue one, it's the those specifically, the, like, the variant covers that are make, making the sales boom for that thing. Now, granted, in the case, if we look at, like, August, while, yes, there is variant covers for House of X and Powers of X, like, I'm okay with Hickman's rebirthing of the X-Men literally all hail gold balls from this past week's issue. Like, um, like being in the top 10 for multiple issues i'm okay with that being in the top 10 because not only is it well written it's worth the, the price of, of buying it like that's the he's making one. moves in that book too man Bruh, like <laughs> like he literally said hey you know how i killed like half of the x like half of the main line on candy x-men in the last issue i'm gonna have gold balls of all characters bring them back to life like what <laughs> And I've always loved Gold Ball since um, Bendis created him, and he just had the dumbest power. And then they finally make him worth something. I was so happy. <laughs> so like, I like, think what had me pretty shook was uh, Charles shaking hands with Apocalypse. That was nuts that to me. That was insane. Um, like, like the, the idea of that, that like we have evolved to a point where that's what could happen in an X-Men book. Like, that's really cool. Like, and we know that he's going to be on the Marauders like come this fall. I'm I'm so excited for what happened with X-Men right now. Mary, I I know you have thoughts on what's going on in these books. You can't tell me you don't. Oh, no, I do. Um, Talk about it then. It's... I'm having a lot of fun with it, but at the same time, I am a little worried. It's simply because, I mean, I, I am the eternal buzzkill. Buzz Killington. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that, that is me. I am I am the living personification of buzzkill. Um, <laughs> Why are you worried? I'm just worried that as soon as Hickman is done with this... And as soon as he's done with the initial lineup, because he's writing, what, the first five issues of each new X title? Um, or, he, co- he's, or co-writing with someone? He's co-writing New Mutants, and then he's only main writing um, the main X-Men book, I thought. Yeah. It, it's just, anytime something like, you know, something like this is done, I kind of start looking to, okay, when is it going to be undone kind of a thing? And how quickly is it going to be undone? Like, how quickly is (laughs) Apocalypse going to stab Xavier in the back? I mean, yeah. To be fair, though, I will give him the benefit of the doubt here where we saw that um, his Fantastic Four run lasted, what was it, six years almost? In In terms of continuity status quo, where it kept going even into Marvel now, and then when um james robinson took over it kind of went into the tank but like i i I, so i kind of see your point the the idea of who can follow hickman in terms of grandioseness but eh. i think it more has to deal with the fact that i'm i'm becoming increasingly frustrated with the current trend of when a writer leaves a book they have to thermonuclear detonate their storyline so a new writer can pick up with a new storyline. 
that's what I'm worried about because like like with the whole thing of Moira's new like mutant power having one extra life on it where like like he, he wrote himself a back door if all this turns to crap or if he has to leave the book or if randomly sales didn't work out they like he built in that back door I, that's what i was worried about from the jump with this because i mean when was the last time that a big ticket book like this changed hands and continued a previous storyline like obviously oh. it has been done but like at what point you know yeah. Because if you want to turn and look at something recent, you know, something coming up like Batman, Tom King is probably going to have to thermonuclear detonate his story arc. So that way, um, Tynan can come in and do something different. I'm so excited. <laughs> Yo. We'll get into that in a minute, <laughs> but like, um, does it, Travis, do you have any thoughts on the current state of X-Men before we get into the Batman stuff? Um, It's super exciting. I get the whole, like, I, I I know that Apocalypse is still going to be a villain at some point, but I really, really hope that it's not. Like, I, I hope that Charles <laughs> has done what we've wanted him to do for uh, ever. I, I hope Cyclops was right, and we're not going to oh, get God. that taken from us. I mean, Cyclops don't, is right. don't misunderstand. I am very excited. I'm enjoying the ride. I'm a little weirded out at Moira being a mutant, but that's a different thing entirely. Same. And I am excited and I am having fun, but it's just kind of that thought in the back of my mind of, okay, when is this all going to go to hell? And I know comics is about, you know, you're enjoying the ride kind of a thing. But, like, if I'm investing this much money, like, I would, like, return on investment at some point in the future. Especially with every (laughs) issue being of the series being $4.99. It's kind of intimidating for, like, like if, if it doesn't have the payoff we're looking for, it could screw everybody over the long run. Oh, yeah. Okay, so from there, let, let, like there wasn't a whole lot of Marvel news this week, so let's go ahead and dive into the uh, the little bit of DC news that we do have. So, happy Batman Day, everybody! Yay! It is yeah, yeah. Uh, like the annual anniversary of Batman coming into existence. So, yay, Batman! Um, more props to Bill Finger than uh, Bob Kane. I, I I will stick by that. Thank you. Yes, Bill Finger deserves the credit, and I I, I dare mm-hmm. anyone to tell me otherwise. Uh, <laughs> Uh, if you have any questions about what I mean, go watch the documentary about Bill Finger because it is definitely worth your time. Um, so it's from, on Hulu. It's on Hulu and it's really good. Um, so the, what Mary was hinting at earlier is that to, we had heard about it rumored yesterday, but the big announcement that was made today at every outlet possible was that uh, after Tom King leaves after the City of Bane arc... Um, James Tynion the Fourth will be returning to Batman because originally he began his run on Batman with um, helping Scott Snyder with Batman Eternal during the New Fifty Two, and then he came on to DC Rebirth and was given the reins of Detective Comics for the so majority good. of its lifespan. And it was one of the best like so runs good. on a Batman book in so long, like. Everything about it was amazing. It started to return the amazing quality that was the Bat family of like bringing together Stephanie Brown and Cassandra Kane, a Clayface of all people, and turning Clayface into a good guy. A Batwoman being part of the team. They brought in Batwing for a little bit. Azrael, like everything about the series was so good. And then they were like, "Hey, James, you can leave now." And it was like, "Why?" Why and then are he you had to this? thermonuclear detonate the storyline. He did. He literally did. Ah. Like, he just went, hey, here's a bomb. Go run away with it. And, and Brian Edward Hill comes in like, what am I supposed to do with this? 
like literally it was like um so what do i do with this like 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 gotham knights team that was set up in this book hand that woman a rifle and let her go to town <laughs> I mean, oh god that was like hey what do we do with clayface we don't, we don't want him to be a villain and it, like, like what do we him to be, be a villain again oh let's just have that woman kill him what just shoot him in the face <laughs> like literally and then have cassandra kane just rip off her bats insignia off her chest like that's how much like care that we had anymore that's how messed up we're gonna make this we're just gonna tear off of batwoman's insignia <laughs> That woman was right. What? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That <laughs> woman was that. right. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're telling me that it, like that, that she that she was right in taking that shot? I absolutely believe that. Explain yourself. Well, I mean, I think Batwoman offers a really good justification. Like, I understand, you know, the Bat family isn't supposed to kill kind of a thing, but she hasn't always subscribed to that she's killed before and you know with my father being a military man and batwoman being a soldier i understand that mentality of sometimes you have to take the shot clayface was going to destabilize he was going to kill cassandra like yes she's the best fighter in the bat family but giant clay monster versus teenager that's not gonna end up well and I think Batwoman made the call that Batman wouldn't, and I think she saved Cassandra's life doing it. It's easy to point fingers after the fact, but... Okay, Ugh. like, the thing is, I know you're right in that aspect, but I feel as if she was wrong when it comes to then following her father and trying to create, like, the little army of, like, Batman well, people yeah. in the colony. Everything with the colony was just weird, and I just feel like that was part of, okay, we did this, how were we gonna have a fallout? And like, they're like, oh, we're gonna just take uh, Luke Fox and Azrael with us, and I'm like, what? Why is this okay? Why are we doing this? <laughs> right. I think I think it was more of the fact that in voiceovers for previous issues, it, um, Cassandra had idolized Kate to a degree. And I think it was um, Cassandra kind of getting the scales knocked out of her eyes a bit. That, you know, this person that she wanted to ask to teach her kind of a thing ended up violating everything that Cassandra had come to believe and bringing her more in line with her mother. Which, still mad about that. I'm still mad that they killed Lady Sheep. I, like, I, 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 it was... Mm. I I'm mixed on it to this day because I trust Tynan to do what he needed to do, but like, honestly, after seeing how shitty David Kane was done, I was kind of like, eh, Shiva, I, I don't care. You 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 made a child with a weird person that isn't even the original who was a badass. Like I, I don't. If know. he even was her father. This oh, time. God. That would be so because bad. because we still don't know what Lady Shiva whispered to Cassandra before she died, but a huge fan theory was that Lady Shiva told her that David Kane was not her father. Oh, dude, that would be so awesome! Because how shitty the David Kane right. remake for New Fifty Two was. Dude, make her father Richard Dragon. Do it. <laughs> the, the, the fan theory is that it's Bruce. Oh God. Less cool. Less cool, but I would rather have Cassandra be his child than Damien. 
So I'm okay How with wonderful this. would that be? Just Damien's reaction to know that he is not the oldest. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, if any member of the Bat family is worthy of the title of Batman, it's Cassandra. Mm-hmm. Well, Cassandra is and, dick, one of the two. Well, I mean, like, to be fair, in Cassandra's defense with the whole Gotham <laughs> Knights incident, I was kind of on Cassandra's side because of everything that she had fought at that point kind of lended to a credibility that Cassandra could have done something other than just die. You're right. Oh, probably. She probably got to slipped away. Yep. And it's just like, when you're looking at Bruce's teachings and seeing that, like, he had all these rules and, like, how to stay over that line, and then, like, the, the, the emotion in Cassandra as she just tears off the insignia, it's just like, oh. Oh, and then, like, she actually uses more words than she usually doesn't. She's like, this means something. I was oh, like, it was an Dang. absolutely powerful moment. Oh. Mm-hmm. So... If if you haven't if you haven't figured it out, one of our recommendations for books that you should pick up on Batman Day is like every trade involved in James Tynan the Fourth's um, Detective Comics run. Definitely yeah, check that out. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of uh, Batman stuff, um, Travis, what, what if, like if you had to like pick one or two Batman like runs or trades or events that like mean everything about Batman? Because we talked about a bunch of stuff <laughs> on our first episode of the show where we had um, Detective One Thousand. But like in terms of Batman Day, what is something that you can give to people and be like, this is if they want to get into Batman, this is what they should read. Um, honestly, <clears throat> I think, and I, I know I said it when we were talking about One Thousand, but it's Death of the Family still. Now, why is that? It's mm-hmm. um just because of how you and like in in today's mainstream of Batman, it's pretty well known that he has more than just Dick Grayson around as as Robin or Nightwing or whichever he's doing when you're observing that medium but it's nice to see all of it kind of laid out before you and death of the family does that really well where they show they don't romanticize the joker whatsoever he's a disgusting animal and that's what he's always been he tore his own face off exactly that's an an insult to animals (laughs) it is an insult to animals that's the the wolves that raised me are disappointed for making that comparison. <laughs> like, <laughs> but um, it, it, what I like really like so much about the book is that it takes the time to go through like how psychotic Joker is over Batman and how he really feels about the whole situation, and he kind of has a point. Whereas Batman's trying to make a family that he never had; they're all derivative of Bruce. And I get that Joker was off the rails is that that doesn't mean that, you know, Dick or Tim or Jason are of lesser quality, but to Joker it did. Mm-hmm. And he really stre- like he really lays out before the audience what he finds wrong with these different characters. And spoiler alerts ahead, when they're all at the end part at the dinner table, and I remember I was reading it digitally, so I was able to, like, not see any of the rest of it, but I just... When he's got the flints underneath him and Bruce just gets up, I flipped out. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, put oh this comic God. down. <laughs> Go get some water. Like, And, like, I remember um, there was the point during, um, um, what was it called? Um, I Am Bane during Tom King's arc where he tried to, like, mimic something that was done in Death of the Family where he, like, have an attack on the Robins where he just has, like, what was it? Da- uh, Damien, Jason, and Dick all hanging from the Batcave on nooses, and I was like, "It's not as cool because because t- Scott Snyder already did it. 
it doesn't have the mm-hmm. same resonance. The idea of like there's too many kids in the cave. We need to get back to just you and me in terms of Joker's fight. Like it doesn't. Yeah, it's pretty played out, honestly, and it's it's only something that I think Joker should play out. And since Death of the Family, he really set the bar for that level of like romantic hatred that he has for Batman. All right, all right. Uh, Mary, in terms of recommendations you want to give people for Batman Day, what can you give people to read or watch? Um, Honestly, when it comes to Batman, I do encourage everyone t- to have a little fun with it and take a stroll mm. through the Golden Age. Ooh. Because Golden Age Batman is a horse of another color entirely. Oh, yeah. I mean... He he kills people. He yep. does. Uh, he he kills a lot of people. Yep. And I, I think it's interesting, especially um, the late '30s, early '40s stuff. And you know, DC has collected this. You can find the trades really easily. I, I I think it's just it's a fun look back at the origins of this character, and it gives you the ability to kind of see how far the character has come and just the huge evolution of comics. Like, I think everyone should read the Golden Age Trinity. Ooh, um, yes. Uh, all of them. Because, I mean, you know, DC's collections for Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, they're Golden Age books. And I think it's fun to, you know, look at this modern interpretation of the character and then to kind of go back and see Batman run around with the literal bat ears that are curved. And purple gloves his, and his purple gloves his purple gloves are dope they are i actually found a golden age batman pop figure and it was it, it's amazing and i love it and i'm looking at it right now <laughs> um, so no i think i think you know that's it's a lot of fun i mean i know a lot of people have issues with the whole batman doesn't kill people thing like okay that's nice but that wasn't a rule 80 years ago yeah and, it, and it's just fun to, you know, to see something from 80 years ago and then to go in the comic book store and to see something from a week ago. Like, that is a profoundly cool feeling. Mm-hmm. So. Honestly, for me, and, like, this, like, this is going to be a bold choice because I'm that guy who loves Tim Drake to death. Um, like, uh... <laughs> I'm going to do it. And you can hate on me, too. I even said before the show that you could recommend a Batwoman book, and you didn't. So, ha! Well, I mean, Batwoman just kind of goes without saying with me. Yes. Um, quack, quack. <laughs> oh, oh, I hate you. Before we had to deal with this duck season situation that we are dealing with right now that I'm not happy about, this new name change for Tim Drake that I'm, I'm really not happy about. Back in the back in the the, the, good, the good old uh, 90s of comics, we had, uh, like, Rob, Tim Drake. Don't let Rob Liefeld hear you say that. Yeah, Ralph Liefeld can go somewhere. He he, he didn't sold off his own properties. Um, uh, during during the '90s era of comics, actually no, uh, this was actually published in 2009. Um, Ro- uh, Robin's Search for a Hero is one of my favorite trades and like runs of like the, like anything because it shows how much now like while we know that Tim was created to be more of that stand-in character for like other like other kids to look up to Robin but how he like wants to be that support system for Batman that we even see in something like James Tynan in the uh, the Forest Detective run where he wants to be that support angle that Batman needs you see that in this run by Fabian Nicienza I I remember reading this as a kid and just fell in love with it and it was when he had the yellow and black and red suit that I love to death and I hate they got 
rid of it because it was so iconic and like it was done with the animated series first and it was so good and i love it but anyway um like i just i i, I love that another thing that i love is and I, I, i'm kind of surprised that travis didn't mention this uh batman white knight is pr probably one of the best batman solo books of like the past 10 15 years like, Sean Gordon Murphy just, like, plays with everything in the Batman mythos and, and turns it on its head. And I think it's one of the best books that anyone could pick up right now with even enough knowledge from, say, like, movies or animated TV shows and hop into Batman and just love it. It's isolated. It has no continuity other than, like, the core Batman mythos. And anyone can read it and pick it up. Also, uh, the Arkham games, I always recommend. I know people don't like Arkham Knight because of all the car missions, but... Deal with the car missions because it's still a, a, a good game, and I will defend that. Um, but yeah, so it's free on PlayStation Plus this month. It is. Yeah. So so anyone can pick that up right now. So enjoy that. I, I wonder. Are you guys rocking PlayStation? No. Oh, I, I rock PlayStation. Mary's an Xbox girl. I I, I have right. an Xbox. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it can still happen, but I I need to see your guys' Gotham greatest points so I can exceed them <laughs> and then laugh. Oh no! <laughs> I, I, I need to redo my Gotham Greatest, but um, you, you'll have you guys played uh, Batman the Telltale series? I haven't. I never played it because I was I, I didn't. I, I never was never a fan of the Telltale series in terms of games. I the the story is probably one of the most creative Batman stories I have ever read, or you know, read kind of a thing. All right, I'll, I'll take a look. I don't know. I've always been turned off at the idea of Troy Baker voicing Batman. So it was hard like, for me to like actually look at that and go, I could listen and play this for a couple hours. No, I th <laughs> it, it, the story construction is really good. Because, I mean, you know, you have characters like Victoria Arkham pops up in a very unlikely place. Um, they do a really interesting interpretation of the Harley Joker thing in the second season where Harley is the pre-existing villain and the Joker is the one who's being emotionally abused. Interesting. And you actually get to determine which way the Joker goes. Wow. Huh. Mm -hmm. Um. Honorable mention. Um. Arkham Origins. Did you guys play that one? It's the oh, only one that yes. Rocksteady didn't do. Yes. It's so good. The cutscenes are phenomenal in not, Arkham Origins. Not only the cutscenes, but the gameplay and the story itself is so good because you see. And also, uh, Roger Craig Smith is such a, such a better Batman than Troy Baker, and I will fight anybody on that. Troy Baker is a great Joker, but he's not a good Batman. Ha! But anyway, um, the story in Arkham Origins is really good. I just don't like that Bane fight where you have to keep running in a damn circle. Huh? Yeah, I. I it's the fight when you fight Bane. Oh, at like the, in the very prison? end. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that's fair. That that was pretty crappy. I I thought my problem, my only problem with the game was the story was good, but where the gameplay lacked for me was when you get the uh, the shock fists. It's kind yeah. of like the I win mode when I, <laughs> yeah. I really like having to dodge everybody. Like, I, I feel like they only put Electrocutioner in that game because he's not a Batman villain, but we want to have a cool <laughs> item for Batman. Right. Like, okay. And then you play the Mr. Freeze DLC, and it's not Electro Gloves anymore. It's Heat Gloves. And I'm like, really? Really? So the DLC like, for Origins, though, was off the chain. It is. It's, like, it's definitely, like, I honestly think it's probably the best DLC out of all of the Arkham games. And I'm okay with yeah. saying that. 
Yeah, I'll especially when to, you do the League of I'll the Shadows. This point, because like Arkham City had the Revenge of Harley Quinn, which was like, eh. and then the Arkham Knight had like the added DLCs of like Killer Croc, Mad Hatter, and Raish. And those were just, like, tying up loose ends versus the Arkham Origins. They built that thing from the ground up. They brought back the voice of Mr. Freeze from Arkham City and told a whole story with it. They even brought back that one dude from the one um, company from the animated series who helped create Freeze. Like, they, they put the work in to make that a really good DLC. So it's probably, I, I definitely will say it's probably the best Batman, like, DLC in the Arkham, like, set. It uh, I mean, me off that like it's not included with the collection. Yeah, it, that is pretty saddening. Uh, City was it was pretty good. I enjoyed it, but like, where the two really draw differences for me is the boss fights. Ooh, the boss fights in City were iconic in my opinion. Like when you're fighting oh, Raish yeah. and like fourteen clones come out of the sand and you have to counter every single one of them. Yeah. Compared to I have to beat up Killer Croc's tail three times and he's dead. You know? <laughs> I get that. I mean like yeah, okay, City wins in terms of boss fights. That, that's fair. Okay. Um well that that, make, that makes sense. And so from there, the other like big exciting news that had me over the moon and back again for in terms of DC stuff this week is that like there was rumors and Tom Welling and Michael Rosenbaum had played with us for months on Twitter like this isn't happening. What are you talking about? Like like it's, it's not a thing. Like no, we have been confirmed over the course of two different days that Tom Welling and Eric Durrance from Smallville are coming back for Crisis on Infinite Earths, this giant special on CW, and ah, like just <laughs> I'm just I'm so happy. Like and like I, I remember um. Like, there was, like, an article, I forget if it was either Entertainment Weekly or Deadline or whoever, who tried to say that Arrow was the one that pioneered, like, live-action superhero TV shows. And I think within, like, a 20-minute like span, both Mary and I had tweeted out, um, Smallville said hi. Like, we, we were on point. Well, it was, uh, they said that they, that Arrow was the longest-running comic book TV show. Mm -mm. And then... If I remember correctly, they had to, like, amend the article to say that it's the longest-running current I didn't see that. comic book TV show. That's hilarious. <laughs> if I remember correctly, but, like, if we want to talk about the birth of the superhero show, Adam West says hi. Well, like... yeah, that's true. <laughs> just gonna, um, actually, everyone. Like, oh, actually, <laughs> I will. You know me, Travis. I will. <laughs> Adam West and the Batusi have been doing this for a long time. To the point that we're getting Burt Ward in this special too, like we right. <laughs> but no, like I, I think it goes without saying that when um, Brandon Routh was announced to be a part of this as Superman and the Atom, I was hella excited. And then I was like, um, Erica Durance has made cameos on Supergirl. Can we get a Smallville reunion? And then like they kept teasing us for months, and then it finally happened, and I lost my shit. Um, I don't know how, how much you guys have ever actually watched Smallville. It has been many a year. Like it's on Hulu. Rewatch it. <laughs> Honestly, like I don't know if I comfortably can. Why? <laughs> New stories. Because the theme song. It's legendary. The Save lady. Me. 
Yes. No, I'm Sorry. talking about, oh, I forget what her name is, the blonde woman who just oh, got yeah, arrested Chloe. for all that. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> if I can really watch that right now. I went and started, and it got joined up with a sex cult because I'm cool. Like, wait, what? That's what cool kids do. No. You no, know? God, no. <laughs> I'm talking I about mean, I, branding people and I, shit. Like, what the hell? <laughs> Maybe that's not something we should dive into right oh, now. No, no, not at all. <laughs> it's just like, I, I think that there's certain episodes, like the Justice League episodes, that I will always go back to for Smallville. But um, what, are, what are your guys' thoughts on, the, on them coming back for, for the, the uh, crisis? I mean, it's going to be a funny scene if Supergirl has to deal with Lois, because... Uh, Erica took over the role as Allura in Supergirl, so Lois is my mom. Uh, you look like my mom. The fuck? <laughs> Honestly, at this point, all they need is Linda Carter. <clears throat> Seriously, like I don't know why they haven't announced that Linda Carter is coming back to play Wonder Woman. Well, she has. Um, I don't know if she has Vegas residency or not, but I know she sings a lot in Vegas. Ooh, I didn't know that. And I don't know if she's doing another Bethesda game. She was in a Bethesda game? She's in Skyrim and Fallout 4. Really? Huh. Um, when you go to Good Neighbor, the lounge singer in the bar is uh, Linda Carter. Oh, son of a gun. I did not know that. Uh-huh. She wrote and uh, performed all the songs herself. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. That's dope. Um, Travis, what are your thoughts on Smallville Mega Comeback? Uh, I'm, I'm honestly, it's pretty cool, but it, I, I'm not sure if it was confirmed or not, but isn't Conroy coming to Christ on Infinite Earths as well? Yes. He is. Yeah. So like in, in regards to Batman day, that, that is what I'm excited for. He's been, <laughs> he's been the voice of all animated Batman for literally my entire life, even in the games. So this is Oh, oh, I'm I'm so so excited to see Conroy wear the cowl. Uh, Even if he doesn't, if... or like, is he just confirmed to be Bruce Wayne? We don't I... know if he's in the costume or not. We know that he's playing an older Bruce Wayne. See, I thought it would have been cool is if they went the whole extra mile and just cast a Terry McGinnis too, because we know we'll Oof. never actually get a real movie. So I thought it'd been cool if they didn't just cast a Terry McGinnis for like two seconds. That would have been awesome. I feel like the producers know what kind of fire they would start if they did that. <laughs> it's like, we want a TV show! <laughs> Do it now! Like, like there was people who for years who wanted um, the guy, like, uh, Robbie Yamel, they wanted him to play Terry and have Kevin Conroy or Michael Keaton play uh, Batman for that movie. So, like, I, I'd be okay if we ever got that. I don't know, Michael Keaton got the hell out of Dodge with that one. What do you mean? He was Vulture. Oh, yeah, you're right. He said, screw you, I'm mean, one of the MCU. <laughs> right, he and Viper if, both. And if, if Birdman wasn't, like, too real for comfort already. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, my God. It's like, I took like, Batman and made him a bird, and then I went to Marvel and became another bird. I'm like, what? <laughs> um... So but yeah, hi. I'm interested. I'm interested to see where Crisis goes because I need. I know a lot of people are worried about too many cooks right now. Oh, there's a lot of freaking cooks in this. <laughs> too many people, but it's a five episode crossover. It mm. is five hours. Yeah, there's plenty of time. To make so that, that what I hate that's a movie <laughs> is the first 
for, if I remember correctly, the first three episodes are before the winter break, and the last two episodes are after the winter break. Okay. So there's gonna be there's gonna be a solid month in between the first three episodes and the last two. That's gonna be torture. Mm-hmm. Also, is it bad that I'm excited for a Mel to die? Yes. Well, no. It's not. It's a great thing. No. That I'm excited for Mel to die. I mean, as long as I get the two scenes from Crisis. Like, if you want to undo them, hey, look, that's fine. But I need Kara fighting the Anti-Monitor. Yes. And I need Barry running into nothing. Yes. If you remove the two biggest scenes from that entire event, I will be crappy. And, like, well, honestly, and then they've wasted our time. I, I've been <laughs> yeah. waiting for Stephen Amell to die for damn near a decade, so I'm okay with this. I mean, <laughs> eh, yeah. And if we could just go, hey, Stephen Amell's gone, Justin Hartley's here, I'd be so much happier. Oh, dear. Lord. Okay, you, I will fight on this till the day I die. Justin Hartley is a better Green Arrow than Stephen Amell. Uh, only, only if we can agree that Manu Bedit is the best Deathstroke. What, the new guy? No. No. Hey, man, <laughs> not for for two guy. episodes, um, new guy on Titans is a freaking baller. I'm not even going front. Like, See, unfortunately, when I think Justin Hartley, I don't think Green Arrow. I think Aquaman. Oh, God. <laughs> that, that pilot is so bad. <laughs> the Aquaman pilot is on DC Universe. I know. <laughs> Why did they put it on there? It's so bad. Like, they didn't even bother put the Wonder Woman pilot on there. Why did they put the Aquaman pilot on there? Oh, that Wonder Woman pilot is terrible. <laughs> I saw someone on Twitter say they should bring um, her in for Crisis, and I was like, no. Yeah, God. it was uh, uh, Adrian Palicki's brother <laughs> is the one who said that. Oh, and, like, God. look, I-, I like her just fine. I mean, I've never I've never seen S.H.I.E.L.D., but I've seen clips of her as Mockingbird, and, like, you know what? Hey, I'm down for it, but maybe not that exact iteration of the character. Yeah. But no, uh, Travis, you need to hop on DC Universe and watch Titans, because I feel like you'll, you'll hop on there and be like, um, Manu who? When do you see Deathstroke? Ah, that's a tough call, man. That's Crixus and the White Orc. I, and, I love that guy. And, like, I saw the best <laughs> meme, and uh, it was Manu Bennett saying, what's the difference between you and me? And uh, it, was the, it was the new Deathstroke that said, I'm not wearing hockey pads. I was like, yes! <laughs> I have more depth. <laughs> there is also the added bonus of Doom Patrol. Yes. Yes. There is that. I, yes. The, the return of Brennan Fraser, as I've said plenty of times, I, must I, not I'm, be stopped. I'm, I'm, finished, it's I'm so finally worth finishing it. it up right now. And, like, honestly, and the thing is, I like, quick update for anybody who is, like, like who has been tr- wondering how Titan Season 2 is. Honestly, I finally went back and watched all of Titan Season 1 and that, before I started watching the, the, the first three of this series. And it's really good. It's just really dark and really low budget for Season 1. And then you get into Season 2 and it's like, okay, there's some promise here. I'm okay with this. Like, they even pull out all the stops in the first episode of Season 2 and were like, hey, here's fully transformed Trigon. And I was like, okay. He was on screen for like five minutes, but like... I'm okay with this. They put some work All in it. All I know, Anna Diop is a queen, and I will fight for her. She she's a queen now because like like in, like now that she like actually like has a little more swagger to her, she took that, took that damn little fet like fur coat off. I like her a lot more. Oh no! In the episode in season one where she did the gasp and said "Exhale," I'm like, yes, queen, I <laughs> worship you. 
my, 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 um, my Marv Wolfman heart was like leaping and bounding when you start season two and like her and Donna are like a covert ops team hunting down Shimmer. And, and I'm like, yes, this is everything I've ever needed in my life. <laughs> like I just, so like if, if you, if you wondering if you should hop on for Titans, Travis, I definitely think you should. Okay. Also, we live I, the one thing stopping me is that it's not on like a gaming console. <laughs> That's where I do all of my streaming. Um, it is on um Roku. If you have a Roku, it's on. I do it, not. Is it on PlayStation? No, it's not on PlayStation. It's on Xbox. And oh, it's on... yeah, it's on Xbox, but um, <laughs> it's because PlayStation TV it's, it's it's its own thing and like has, uh... has, has its own like different streaming rules. Um, gotcha. So they can't. Pl- they're not playing ball with DC and WB when it comes to putting uh, t- Titans and DC Universe on there. Damn you, Spider Man! That's why I had to <laughs> actually go out of my way to buy a Roku. That way, I could watch like different shows on my TV. But that's pretty cool. And like occasionally, I'll hook up my laptop when I'm feeling really lazy and don't feel like hooking up the, the Roku. Like I'll just take the HDMI cord out of my PS4 and put it in, into my laptop. But no, like. It, it and honestly, the package you get with all of the stuff. Also, Travis, you need you need to get DC Universe anyway because Swamp Thing. So like, there you go. It, oh, man, it's it so hard season. for me to watch that because of the fact that it's been canceled. <laughs> but you gotta enjoy it for what it is while it's there. Canceled? It, it, it's <laughs> I'm one, sorry, I watched it. <laughs> they might be inclined to bring it back if, you know, because it's very highly rated. It's just they kind of got boned with the budget. Yep. And everyone says it's amazing. And all, like, like, yeah, so, like, Doom Patrol, Titans is actually a good show, surprisingly. Like, like now that it has a bigger budget, and Swamp Thing. And also, like, like every DC animated property you ever wanted is on this damn app. Like, I can go back and watch Static Shock reruns whenever I want. Oh, that's 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 a gem right there. Okay, okay. Also, what about like Justice League and Justice League Unlimited? Yep. Mm. All five seasons of Teen Titans. Um, Young Justice is on there. Um, like the remastered that just came out for Batman Beyond is on there. Uh, Batman the nice. Animated Series remastered is on there. Superman the Animated Series. Um, uh, the, underrated. The, yes, very underrated. Uh, the 2003 Batman show, which is very underrated. Um, like, there's a lot of stuff on that that you can enjoy. I mean, not to mention the comic library that goes back to the Golden Age. Yes. Like, literally everything from a year back is on there now. Which, thank you, DC, for, list- for listening to your to your fans and putting that on there. Now, if you could get the app in other countries, that would make everything better for everybody. I feel like we should say that this is not sponsored. We're no, just kind no, of not. rambling. At like this I, point. I even had I even had a fan um, tell me that like everyone like like they think that we love DC a lot, which we do. But at the same time, we, we like Marvel too. Like you'll hear me and, and Mary like talk about X Men stuff a lot. So oh God help all of you when New Mutants drops. Oh God bro. help all, oh, all oh, of oh, you, bro. Like Travis like might want to run for cover because me and Mary are gonna be gushing for days. Like there's gonna be no stopping it. <laughs> <laughs> like if you if you thought we love teen heroes now wait till you see us in a, a couple months <laughs> uh oh it's gonna be bad like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be reading and be like where's cannonball like I'm, I'm, it's gonna be a mess like but yes so also our last little piece of dc news that was announced is that um birds of prey that was originally solicited 
for to be an on like an ongoing series through the main DC line that was going. Uh, who was writing it? Azarello. As a Ryan yes. Azarello. Um, is re-solicited as a DC Black Label book as a mini-series. And I think this is such a better move, not only because the the idea of trying to force Harley Quinn to be involved with with the the Birds of Prey just because of the movie, when she's never been involved with the Birds of Prey before, would create a very alienating problem with the main DC line, especially with the problem that is going with the movie in that... Barbara has no involvement when Barbara is the core of what the Birds of Prey is. We don't know that yet. The movie's not out. We don't know that yet, but like she ain't on the poster and she ain't in the teaser. So I'm I'm going with the assumption that unless we see her pull up in a wheelchair, uh, we ain't gonna have her. So that's where I'm at right now. Like if they prove me wrong, then thank God. But the idea of the the, the DC um, PR is going, hey, here's a Birds of Prey book with Harley, Black Canary, and Huntress. And no Cassandra because she's on Outsiders. But, like, whatever. Like, that was frustrating to me. So, I'm kind of glad they're making it a um, Black Label book, which is supposed to be their adult line. Um, Mary, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I think it's really no different than any of the movie-adjacent comics that Marvel runs, yet somehow this one is controversial. Um, but I, I mean, I think it's a better move to have it as a black label book, especially if you look at the fact that the movie is pushing for a hard R because, you know, it is going to be something different. And yes, I am frustrated about Barbara, but I am looking forward to this movie. Same, very much so. Because I mean, that's hard because, you know, I do love Barbara and she is the core of the team. But you're giving me Renee Montoya, who is, you know, one of the most high-profile gay characters in the DC universe. Like, Mm. that's going to be hard for me to pass up. You're right. And it's going to be something new. And if the the behind-the-scenes stuff about Margot Robbie, like, if that is more than just rumor, I get it to an extent that she basically agreed to come back for Suicide Squad so she could get Birds of Prey kind of a thing. Because uh, she's the executive producer. Oh, that was the other thing that I meant to talk about was that um, we'll, we'll we'll get to it in a second. But the Suicide Squad cast. But no, um, I, I do get what you're saying because like while like I like Suicide Squad because it reminds me a lot of the, the New Fifty Two run. I just hate how Enchantress was done. I do agree that critically the movie had its problems to the highest degree and was chopped up like a Caesar salad in, in the cutting room floor. So I can understand why Margot Robbie would be upset. Yeah. Well, it's not only that. She just agreed to do, you know, I'm talking returning for James Gunn's Suicide Squad, that she got to do, she's agreed to do that so she can do Birds of Prey kind of a thing. Because this is very much, you know, she is at the forefront of this movie. Mm-hmm. And I am frustrated with this book, however, because Brian Azzarello is writing it. And I don't think he should be allowed to write women ever. <coughs> I mean, it's just, I'm still pissed about Wonder Woman. Like, I'm gonna be pissed about Wonder Woman. That's fair. But, I we mean... We won't even get into all that, because that's, that's, that's a whole mess of that. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. No, but I do think that shifting it to Black Label is a better move. 
that it leaves, you know, the current continuity <laughs> in place, because the only time Harley Quinn has intersected with Birds of Prey was during Rebirth in the Manslaughter story arc of the Benson's run. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just going to be another book. I mean, I'll be interested to kind of poke at it a bit, but I don't know if I'm going to shell out money for it. Okay, okay. And then, like, like we just said, the other announcement that came out was James Gunn posted the entire cast list for everything. Wait, I forgot. Travis, what are your thoughts on the, on the Birds of Prey book? <laughs> uh, honestly, I'm I'm going to read it just because I'm kind of excited to see it be a black label like title. Um, I I can't deny that Mary is correct when it comes to he's not good at writing women at all, and that's yeah. kind of putting it lightly. But he is good at writing really gory and mentally messed up stuff. That is true. So uh, that's why I'm excited to see him as a black label. Though giving him this much intellectual control over however many women are going to be in the Birds of Prey, sketchy. Yes, very much so. Okay. So now that I, I, I apologize for skipping over Travis's opinion on that matter... But we are going to dig into the Suicide Squad stuff real quick, and then we're going to go ahead and wrap up. So James Gunn posted the cast list for um, the Suicide Squad 2. I love that he went back to the more iconic comic book logo for Suicide Squad. That made me really happy. Like, the whole bullet holes in the logo and the yellow font. Like, I just, it felt really good. Um, Returning faces are, according to the list, Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. Um, like we said, Margot Robbie as Harley. Jai Courtney's coming back as Captain Boomerang, which made my heart happy as all hell. <laughs> like, he was the gem of Suicide Squad, whether you like it or not. Him and his little unicorn were the best thing ever. And no one could tell me otherwise. <laughs> and then, um, what was it? Um, where did, and then, um, Joel Kinnaman's coming back to play Rick Flagg, which is really good. We have multiple different names on this list. Um, Sean Gunn's going to play a character. Pete Davison, um, Jennifer Holland, Michael Rooker, um, Idris Elba, um, Taika Waititi's going to be in this movie. Um, um, Nathan Fillion's going to be in this movie. There are so many different people that are coming in. And then the caption that uh, James Gunn left on the post was, don't get it too attached, which has me thinking that a lot of these well-known people, even John Cena's going to be in it, all of these like well-known people will be smaller characters that, much like in the vein of the original Suicide Squad, they're going to die. That's the whole point. Like, they're, they're supposed to fuck up and get greedy and go die on their own terms or get blown up by Amanda Waller. So, yay. Because the whole movie, you're sitting there like, okay, who's going to die? And then, um, token expendable character, um, Slipknot dies. And we already knew he was going to die because he was featured in, like, none of the trailers, but just in, like, one in the promotional images. So you knew he was going to die, but then no one else died, and you're just like, ugh. Why? Diablo died. Uh, okay, fair. But, like, isn't he coming back to Enchantress too? died. Enchantress didn't, like, die, die. Like, yeah, she, she, she did. She, yeah, she, she did. She did come back. Enchantress died. Yeah. June Moon didn't die. June Moon didn't. Okay. And, like, we, we well, do not disrespect Cara Delevingne in this house. <laughs> Oh, and then, like, I feel like Diablo could come back 
Like, I feel like he has the ability to come back at some point. They're like, oh, they're like, oh, he was reborn like a phoenix, and he can come back. Like, I feel like they, they would have totally pulled that move if they wanted to, like, because he was the fan favorite of that movie. So it's totally possible that he could come back. Um, that's a thing. But no, what do you, guys, just... what do you guys think of this list? Oh, this cast looks pretty solid. Um, there's one name that really, really sticks out to me, and I don't know, it's for really weird reasons, but David Dasmalkian. Every time I see this dude in a movie, he is like an omen for the movie. What, what do you mean? And like, like a perfect example is the Dark Knight, the Heath Ledger Joker movie. Mm-hmm. Um, when the mayor was shot, he was the one that they captured, and he had uh, Rachel's name on his on his uniform. Oh. Yeah, and so I can't I can't forget his face. <laughs> I'll be watching for him when I see this movie because that's when it's just going to go down. Okay. Okay. Mary, what do you think? Um, I think the most important thing about this movie is that Viola Davis is returning. Of course. <laughs> because I, I, I think she was perfect casting for Amanda Waller. Yes. Whether or not yes. you're a fan of the characterization, Viola Davis was incredible. I mean, she, like, she did everything. What, what was really wrong with her characterization? She was the perfect Amanda Waller. There are some people who didn't agree with the fact that Amanda Waller shot um, the uh, computer analysts as they were leaving. That is something she would totally do, though. Like, Yeah! Like, that is literally <laughs> something she would do to a T. I mean, it, it was just, it was a big point of contention for some people. Wow. I, I, I had no idea. But, like, if you read, in, like, there's literally a scene in the Justice League animated series where Batman walks into her bathroom and, like, while she's taking a shower and goes, put a towel on, we need to talk. And they have a stare down. Like, Batman does not give a fuck. I did love the scene in the end, though, where she does meet with Bruce Wayne. Yes. That, like, that signaled, like, some big stuff happening. But, um, no. I, I think for that's the most important thing. I, like, I don't care who's in it, I don't care who's directing Viola Davis is coming back, we're fine. Yes. Um, I'm surprised that Karen Fukuhara is not coming back as Katana. I think it's because she's tied up with the boys right now. See, I was wondering that too. But, um, I mean, that's a damn shame because, you know, what we did see of Katana in Suicide Squad, I really, really liked. Same. And, you know, not only is she doing The Boys, she's also doing She-Ra and the Princesses of Power on Netflix. Is she? Yeah, she's Glimmer. Wow. That show is fantastic. It is. It, it, is, so, it is so cute. I love it. Um, <laughs> like, everyone's wondering if Kevin Smith's going to try to tie his He-Man show with, uh, with, uh, with um, She-Ra. And I'm like, I could see it. I could see it being a thing. And if not, oh well. Like, yeah. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> you're like oh well it doesn't matter leave it separate it's not it's, it's not the 1980s anymore like come on now yeah. um, but i i am interested to see the direction this movie is going to go like if you look at the cast list we pretty much know who's gonna die and who's not yeah. um the more recognizable you are the least likely you are to die i feel like john cena's gonna die though oh probably i feel like mm-hmm. he'd want to just because of being who he is as an actor. I feel like he would play, like, King Shark or something. Right. <laughs> so we, we already have, like, BET Love and Killer Croc, so, like, we kind of need someone... Why isn't Killer Croc coming back? 
Like, that's what I was mad about. Like, I, I looked at the list. Not only did I see that Karen Fukuhara is coming back, but I saw that Killer Croc isn't coming back, and I was like, wait a minute. We can't have more BET? Like, was someone really that mad? Like, I, I don't understand. Like, he was amazing in that, that, that role. Like, he was intimidating. Like, the, the Oscar they won was because of his makeup. So, like, you, you think that would have some grounds for him to hang around. Right. Well, that's just no. The, the the Oscar they won was for that makeup because they they put him in that and then they put him underwater. Yep. They're like, go underwater. We don't need you for anything else. I'm just but... I'm just like I I wish he was getting more of an opportunity to do more. Like Adewale was amazing in that role, so it's sad to see him not get to do more. Yeah. Well, that's just. I'm me. still, I'm still iffy on James Gunn himself. Mm. See, but now that I know it's not it, just a rehash of everything from um, what you call it. It's more about it, it's more about things he said. Fair. <sighs> he said things about gay people, and I'm still having issues with it. He um, said a lot of bad things. I can't defend. <laughs> I, I, I do. I believe in personal growth, but certain comments made about certain gay characters left me kind of lukewarm on him. Um. So, okay, that well, is my hesitation, and that I'm just kind of gonna leave it at that. No, it's, it's a very respectable hesitation, so I'm, I'm not even mad at that. Um, so uh, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up. Before we do, we're gonna go ahead and give you some recommendations for some books that are coming out this coming Wednesday for you to enjoy and pick up at your local comic book shop because we need to support our local comic book shops. So, Travis, what are some recommendations that you want to give to people to pick up this week at their local comic book shop? Um, I got Batman Superman number two. Which is, we're going to see infected Billy Batson fighting Superman and Bruce. I know you guys are sick of it, but I just can't get enough. Mm, 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 mm. I'm I'm going to say this. I I will allow Scott Snyder and James Tyne and all these people to have, and Joshua Williamson to have their big crescendo with this event. And then after that, I need Batman Who Laughs to go away for like a good, like, two years. Is that fair? Like, am I wrong? Yeah, I can live with that. Okay. I mean, I, I would be fine if they would just kill him and be done, honestly. Yeah. But I feel like they're going to milk him like they did Superboy Prime, where he's going to end up in the source wall, and then he's going to beat up Mr. McSplitalik, and then all of a sudden, Monarch is going to show up and beat the crap out of him, and we're not going to see him anymore after that. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I don't know what's another book you want people to pick up. Um, Curse of the White Knight. This uh, this story that, that Sean Murphy's been doing, that's this is kind of why I didn't recommend White Knight for the trade, because I feel like it's still going with this Curse of the White Knight here. Okay, yeah. It's really good. I mean, but, like, if, if White Knight would have just been the one trade we would have gotten, it would have been fine. Like, a lot of people didn't expect him to get a sequel to, 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 the, to the series. That's fair. But this time they're kind of elaborating on, like, the origins of everything. So, like, you got, like, Laffy Arkham, which is a definite allegory for the Joker, who's, like, an old, uh, like, 15th century vampire who has to, you know, sword fight swashbuckling Edmund Wayne and how, like, how this story is directly reflecting to the now where they ran with Joker as Jack Napier, but he did some really awesome political stuff that ended up ending Bruce's career as Batman. So it's, it's a really interesting story. And I'm excited to see what issue three has in store. I have not read it yet. I actually, I'm going to read it after this. 
All right, all right. And then, uh, Mary, what are some books you want to recommend to the people for, for this of this coming week? Um, I have two. Okay. Um, I'm going to recommend Wonder Woman number seventy nine. Um, Wilson's run started off a little shaky for me, but I think she's really come into her own, and she's found a good balance. I mean, the last issue ended on a cliffhanger, and I'm I'm excited to see where this goes. Because we're still doing the Greek god nonsense, but at least they're Greek gods that she hasn't run with in a while. Okay. So, and my other one is Harley number one. Ooh, I was wondering if you were going to do that. Explain to people why I picked this up. Um, it is a black label book. Um, it's by Steven Sayek. I'm sure I am not saying that correctly. Um, he is, uh, the acclaimed artist behind Aquaman. Uh, he wrote and, uh, did the art for Sunstone. And he has a really, um, interesting interpretation. Uh, and, you know, he's talked about it on social media. He has a really interesting interpretation of the Harley Joker story. And this isn't going and you know knowing what i know of his personal opinion and looking forward to this book this isn't going to be a love story like yes it's going to start with harley as a young woman and kind of go <laughs> through a relationship with the joker but i think he's actually going to frame it as the emotional manipulation and abuse that in all actuality that relationship actually is okay so I'm interested to... I've seen what he can do in Sunstone where he doesn't have uh, sensor limitations, and so I'm interested to see what he brings with Har- what he brings to uh, Harley Quinn with that. Yeah, I, like, honestly, like, I, I, I appreciated his attempt at art on Aquaman, and, like, I enjoyed a little bit of his work on Justice League Odyssey, but taking a look at the previews and images for Harley, and it seems like he's putting more of his heart into this project. So hopefully this is something that everyone can enjoy by him. And like after seeing some of his work on Sunstone, I feel like this might be good for a lot of people. Uh huh. Oh, and he's been doing fan art of Harley for years now. Yeah. Like he did so much fan art for Aquaman. That's why I was so let down when he finally got a chance to put his uh, like finger on that. Um. But anyway, uh, hopefully that's really good. I'm excited to read that. Um. Uh, I'm gonna be the the anti DC person for, for in terms of recommendations for this week. I'm gonna head over to the Marvel camp for five minutes and say, um. We are getting the next issue of uh, the Black Panther by Tana Hisakosa that's coming out. It is, um, I believe, the the like the like I think it's like we're getting closer and closer to the wrap up of the Space Wakandans arc that has been going on since last year. With like we finally have T'Challa having returned home, and now he has to deal with uh, Najataka, uh, which was like the Space Black Panther who was like Bast's chosen one in the future but then he was taken over by a by a venom symbiote so now he has like black panther powers and venom symbiote powers and he's using this like powers to like take over the entire galaxy but then he, they go through a time warp and it goes back to present day like marvel and it's like now he's gonna try to like start from there and expand out more than what he did the, the first time so Bast had to go all the way back to like to bring T'Challa to the present to help him do all of that so that is something that I want to recommend to the people to pick up like in terms of that um 
what I'm like, wait, what the? And then another book that I, I feel that everyone should be picking up to support it because it has a very out there cast. Not everyone is going to be uh, excited about this book, but I'm excited about this book. Marvel Strike Force number one comes out this week. It's got Blade. It's got Spider Woman. It's got Angela. It's uh, it, like from Spawn, but now she's at Marvel because of um. Neil Gaiman, so yay, Neil Gaiman, sticking to Tom McFarlane. Um, we have uh, Wicked. We have uh, Monica Rambeau. This book is going to be very weird. I'm very excited to read it. I Everyone picks up this book and supports this because while we haven't got a Blade solo title yet because of the movie, that'll probably be a couple years before we can get that. We are happy that he's an Avenger and he's going to be part of this book, so definitely pick up that book. So, um... Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at OnComicsGround and check out OnComicsGround.com with hyphens between those words every weekday to check out previews, uh, reviews, and opinion pieces from our amazing staff. Uh, we've been working hard. Like I said, Mary had an amazing piece that came out this week about Grace Choi. Please check out that and check out the solicitations for Marvel. We're going to start working on getting every publisher's solicitations out for you to check out and know what books to pick up from your local LCS. Local, not, it's not local LCS. That sounds redundant. It is just your LCS because it's a local comic book shop um also follow the podcast on twitter at ptp underscore podcast and make sure that you follow all of our podcasts whether it be blurred grounds but whether it be um, panel to panel living on the edge and some, some new projects we have down the pipeline on apple Podcasts, google podcast spider uh, jesus spider-man spotify and um wherever you listen to your podcast we have almost every service except for soundcloud soundcloud sucks um, and we are going to go ahead and wrap up here. Mary, what is your closing statement for episode... I don't even know what episode we're on. Even go, we're, we're doing really good. What is your uh, closing statement for this episode? Um, Viola Davis is coming back, and that's all that matters. Okay. <laughs> I, I blanked. That's really all I've got right now. <laughs> all right, no prob, no prob. Travis, what is your closing statement for this episode of Panel 2 Panel? Uh, celebrate Batman Day somehow. Doesn't matter how. Wear your Batman pajamas because I know everyone has like four pairs. <laughs> okay, okay. And then my closing statement, as always, is support local comic book shop. Make sure you pick up a really good book this week at local comic book shop and support them. Happy Batman Day, everybody. We will catch you folks right here next week on Panel 2 Panel. Peace.